You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hello and welcome to the Refresh Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversation beyond Sunday morning. This week, we are continuing our walk through the book of Galatians. Excuse the delay. It took a while to figure out how to get into part two, but here we are. Back in chapters one and two, we see Paul address this new gospel that the Galatians are turning to, one that insists on following the Jewish laws. However, before Paul deals with the shortcomings of the law, he reaffirms himself because these Jewish Christians that have come to the area are besmirching his reputation. He reminds the Galatians that the gospel he received came directly from God. And even then, he didn't share it or go to the apostles. Before closing chapter two, Paul reminds us that our justification is by faith, not by upholding the laws. However, if we are justified by faith, what is the purpose of the law? Well, Paul was already thinking ahead. Today, we'll talk about the purpose of the law and how we are free from it. In a way, the letter to the Galatians works as Paul's dissertation on our freedom from the bondage of the law And we're about to get to the heart of it. Paul begins chapter three with choice words as he tries to understand the Galatians thinking. He begins with you foolish Galatians who cast a spell on you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly betrayed as crucified. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish After beginning by the spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If in fact it was for nothing. So then does God give you the spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? Or is it by you believing what you heard? We can clearly see Paul is still trying to understand what would sway the Galatians to trust in the law instead of their faith. Over the rest of chapters three and four, Paul does an interesting thing. To clarify, Paul was devout to the laws of Judaism before his encounter with God. So he's very familiar with the law and customs. With that in mind, we are about to see Paul use the law and history of the Old Testament to prove how we are justified by faith. In Galatians chapter three, verse 10, Paul says, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse because it is written Everyone who does not do everything written in the book of the law is cursed, which comes from Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 26. In verse 11, Paul says, Now it is clear that no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith part comes from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, because it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Again, coming from Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23. After hearing that, you may be asking the same question I asked. If we're free from the law, then what was the purpose of the law to begin with? Good news. Paul addresses that next. Verse 19 says, Why then was the law given? It was added for the sake of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise was made would come. The law was put into effect through angels by means of a mediator. Moving ahead to verse 22, Paul says, But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin's power, so that the promise might be given on the basis of faith, 
in Jesus Christ to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. The law, then, was our guardian until Christ, so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For through faith, you are all sons of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean exactly? Thankfully, the YouTube channel, The Bible Project, explains that for us in their video on Galatians. They explain that Paul is saying the law has two roles, a positive and a negative one. In its negative role, the law exposes and magnifies how Israel and we as humankind are enslaved to the power of sin. However, the law acts in a positive way as well. In its positive role, the law acts as a teacher to help keep Israel in line until Christ came to deliver us from the imprisonment of the law. To which Paul says in chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Again, Paul is using the law to illustrate his point. Paul reminds the Galatians and us of the promise made to Abraham back in Genesis. If you're not familiar with this part of Abraham's story, here's a brief refresher. When we first meet Abraham, God calls him to move his family and servants to another land, where God will make a great nation through Abraham's family line. After various adventures and mishaps, the Lord promises Abraham heirs. However, Abraham's wife, Sarah, hadn't had any children. Her and Abraham agree that he should have a child with Hagar, one of Sarah's slaves. As you might guess, this begins a rocky road as Hagar gives birth to a son, and sometime later, Sarah gives birth to a son as well. Hagar and her son Ishmael are sent away to fend for themselves. However, God makes a promise to Hagar and Ishmael and provides for them in the wilderness. Paul recalls this and in Galatians chapter 4 verse 21 says, Tell me, you who want to be under the law, don't you hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and the other by a free woman. But the one by the slave was born as a result of the flesh, while the one born by the free woman was born through the promise. In verse 28 through 31, Paul goes on to say, Now, you too, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, which is Abraham's son through Sarah, are children of the promise. But just as then the child was born as a result of the flesh persecuted the one born as a result of the spirit, so also now. But what does the scripture say? Drive out the slave and her son, for the son of the slave will never be co-heir with the son of the free woman. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of a slave, but of the free woman. I think we already know this, but I'll say it anyway. Paul's pretty smart. I'm not a big fan of debates, but we all know if you're going to make an argument, it helps to use your opponent's stance against them. Ultimately, what Paul reveals is that before we had the laws in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, before we had these laws that the Jewish Christians are so eager to follow, God made a promise in Genesis, in the beginning. A promise that we would one day be free from these laws that magnify our shortcomings. The law that the Jewish Christians favor begins with a promise that one day we'll be justified by our faith in God, not by our ability to keep miscellaneous rules. 
Said another way, we serve a God who is always looking ahead, making provisions for us long before we realize it. To wrap things up, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Refresh Podcast. Between the three sections of Galatians, this is one that strikes home. More than the ever-influential fruit of the Spirit part, which we'll get to next time. If you haven't already, join the Citrus Church Grove Facebook group. It's a great way to connect with one another. And in the meantime, join us on Sunday mornings online or in person at Summer Lake Elementary at 1030. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.